Well, g'day, and uh, welcome once again to uh, day three of your 30-day challenge. And um, well, today I want to talk about pig poo boots. It's a great story. Well, my first ever consulting job, it was in 1912 or 1815, was with a company in Victoria who made uh, a pig product. In other words, they grew the pigs, they fattened up the pigs, they took them to the yard, they cut the pigs in half and sold them for bits, including bacon. Um, and this company was under a lot of pressure from overseas competition. So my job was to make them internationally competitive. World competitive manufacturing was my uh, program. So we went in there and our, when I say we, it was only me. There were over 1200 people employed in this factory and uh, it was a tough gig. But one of the things I learned was this. We walked into that factory in our clean clothes. We went to the dressing room, uh, which was like a, a white collar for the, for the staff. We put on white overalls, white uh, big um, rubber gumboots. We put on a fairy hat uh, to cover our hair. Uh, we wore masks and gloves and we went out into the factory to mix it with the people. And we spent the whole day getting splashed with blood and pig shit and walking in the, the slops on the floor. Some parts, of course, of the factory were pristine clean because that's where they were packing the product. But prior to that, it was a slop. It was really a pig pen. <laughs> At the end of the day, everybody went back into the dressing room with their pig boo boots and their dirty blood covered overalls and the hat. We took all the overalls and the hat things off and put them in a bin for the laundry. Um, and then we took off our pig poo boots. We stepped into a shower and, and everybody took a shower on the way out the door. We took a, a nice clean shower. We put on the original clothes we had on in the morning. And most days, somebody from that area of town, I was up there for three months, months but most days somebody would invite me home for dinner because I was staying in a pretty simple uh, motel. And I'd get invited home to dinner. When we got home for dinner, the, the family would be indoors, the room would be heated, um, we'd be in some sort of a farmy environment. And again, we'd have to take off our shoes, which were no longer pig poo boots, and put on a pair of some sort of indoor slippery shoes and come in and then wash up again in the bathroom and then come into the kitchen or in the lounge and have dinner. What they were basically saying is get rid of the shit that you've been stepping in all day before you get home. And when you get home, make sure it's all cleaned off again before you sit down and share the evening with the family. Now, that's a very easy metaphor because <clears throat> pig poo is stinks. Pig shit, it gets all in your ears and in your mouth and in your nose. You can, it's part of you. And the shower that you took was with a scrubbing brush and with soap and detergent and oh God knows what you used. And even the clothes you wore when you left the factory had this wafty smell of pig. And then you went to someone's house and even in the house, they asked you to wash it off again. So it's so easy when shit stinks, but it's not so easy when the shit that you're immersed in is worry. When the shit that you're immersed in 
is work problems. When the shit you're immersed in is anxiety or uh, anger or frustration over something that's going on at work. And we leave work, we don't take a shower, do we? We give work, get in the car, drive the car as fast as possible, get home as quickly as possible, get out of the car, run inside and go, here I am, covered in pig shit. And pig poo boots and the concept of walking through your own house with the pig shit from your days at work is a disgraceful concept and you'd never do it. But we do walk through stinking of the emotions and the rhetoric and the frustrations and even our mobile phone goes off in the middle of dinner. Why? Because someone from work's more important than the dinner table. And after dinner, we put on the pig poo clothes again and we immerse ourselves in that and then wonder why when we're lying in bed at night, we get this waft of pig shit coming through our nose, which is really the worries and stresses and the, and the uh, duress of work. So I'm going to encourage you to think about pig poo boots. A lot of people think that the faster they run, the more they get done. If you were doing a, an Easter egg hunt or finders keepers, that might be a true philosophy, but it's a bottom-up philosophy. In business, it's the opposite. The higher up in business a person goes, the less busy they are. Busy means incompetent. When someone says, I'm working to capacity, I am filling up my day, I'm at my capacity, but I want more salary, that person needs a good dose of coaching because their headspace is, has got ahead of reality. Everybody can get more done in less time if they redesign what they're doing and be more clear on the objectives of what they're doing and they take out of the equation doing what I like. Now, this can fly in the face of your intuition. But when you think through the whole thing, it's quite logical. The person at the top values their time more than the person at the bottom. So they only work on super important things when you're at the top. And those are never invested or measured by the time invested in them. The lower down the hierarchy, people throw time at work. They don't know any better. They're in some weird way proud of the long hours that they throw at something as some measure of how good they're doing or how committed they are to what they're doing and how valuable they are to the company because they work 14 hours a day. But this is the inverse to how it is and it's the inverse to success. The lower down as, the, as, as an individual evolves up the corporate ladder, their ability to get more done in less time will become the key to their success. Taking the same time, but doing more, which is what promotion means, requires a rethink of how you approach work. <coughs> Any person who aspires to sustain a role in business above middle management, in other words, to become a leader, is required to operate in a completely different mind zone to where they were before they arrived at that leadership. In other words, instead of bottom up, how do I throw time, how do I employ more people, how do I get my staff to do what I want, there's a top down 
which is my people do what I train them to do. I teach people how to operate. I have checklists. I have regimes and I employ less and less people because I get more and more done with less and less people. That's the secret to success. Busy people who do not have time in their day to sneeze or answer a text are adrenaline junkies. And they really are heading for a huge problem in their lives as they grow into the latter years or the more senior years of their business. So how do you know what it looks like to operate in an adrenaline zone? Well, the answer is all too simple. When you hear yourself say got to, when you hear yourself say should, when you hear yourself say have to or ought to, you're in adrenaline zone. And it's unsustainable. Our Neanderthal heritage makes fight flight an option at any time. That's the adrenal zone. So even mowing the lawn or having dinner or sex or going to yoga can drop into got to, have to zone and start a catastrophe without being detected. Because as soon as you start saying, I've got to mow the lawn, the lawn mowing becomes a chore that you've got to do and fight flight kicks in just from the sound of the words, got to and have to. There are different areas of the mind. If you are thinking got to, you might say I'm highly motivated and think this is a good thing. Wrong. The highest level of motivation in middle management cannot succeed in leadership. Although I studied Zen for many years, I'm no monk. Those guys, I spent time with them, stay out of the red zone permanently. The fight flight zone the fight-flight zone is a no-go zone for them. They never go there. Even if they poo in their pants, they don't get into a flat. On the other hand, I vacillate between need to know and, 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 uh, uh, and love to, need to and love to. But my bottom line, I never get down to got to, ever, never because two words prevent me from getting there and they are hope and faith. I have faith that there's balance in things that I'm doing. I have belief, which is another word for hope, that what I'm doing is leading me in the right direction. So I, I, I refuse to go into the got to, should do level of work life because I don't want to trigger adrenaline for no good reason. It burns my mojo and my mojo is pretty important. So is yours. Further, it's impossible to trust someone who spends more than a few seconds in a day bouncing in and out of got to. The red zone. Their behavior is unpredictable at best. Their opinions and emotions are very strong and that gives you the impression that this person has wisdom. It cannot be more simple. The higher you rise in seniority and leadership, the more you get done in less time. That's the secret of success. That's the secret of leadership. And if you get more done in less time, you will be successful. If you get more done in more time or the same time, you're sabotaging your journey. So today in your coaching session with me, let's talk about pig boo boots, getting more done in less time. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.